You're listening to The New Leaf Project, sharing stories from instigators, innovators, planters and starters from across Canada. Hi, my name is Elle. And I'm Jared. And you are listening to The New Leaf Project. Thanks so much for tuning in, hanging out with us. Another episode. We are so glad uh, that you're with us today. Another great interview, Jared, with a couple of interesting people. Uh, Tell us about it. So I am interviewing Scott and Brenda Eastfeld. And uh, Scott and Brenda planted a church called uh, The Upper Room in Winnipeg. And uh, what I love about this story is it's, it's a complete saga. Uh, beginning, middle, and end. This church plant didn't survive. And one of the things we want to point out on the New Leaf Project, and one of the things we want to own, is that whenever we have ideas, they don't always work out. And that doesn't mean we should never try. That doesn't mean that because there's a possibility that things won't work out, uh, we should never try. And 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 so what I love about this story is, is that they share uh, the ups and downs of church planting. So if you're going to go into planting, this is a great episode to listen to because it tells you the truth, uh, the good, the bad, and uh, I don't think there is any ugly. It's just the good and the bad. So uh, give it a listen. And uh, um, I'm, I'm really excited because these are dear people and, and I just love their generosity in telling their story. Hello, everybody. I'm here in Winnipeg, uh, sitting at what what church are we in? Grace Community Church. Grace Community Church, and uh, we're here with Scott and Brenda Eastveld. Now, is that a DT? <laughs> no, just D. Eastveld, and I, I keep adding and subtracting <laughs> T's from your name. <laughs> I do. I sort of feel like I want to change my name to S K O D T now. <laughs> That or TD crazy. or Scott. <laughs> Scott. No, it's not Scott. It's Scott. Scott. It's pronounced Scott. <laughs> I like it. I like it. But no accent unless you're just saying my name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right. That's a deal. And uh, um, you and I, Scott, we met uh, at a church plant design shop, right? Yeah. That's going back a couple of years now. Yeah, I think so. Four. Like, f- easily. That? Yeah. Easily. Easily. And then I just met you uh, probably a month or two ago when mm-hmm. I was here visiting. And uh, you guys used to be part of a church plant here in Winnipeg called... The Upper Room. The Upper Room. Yep. And uh, this was, that was your first church plant, is that correct? As the lead guy, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so you were a part of a church plant before? Yeah. Yeah. When I originally moved to Winnipeg, I came to be a part of a church that was a plant, was a new work, but kind of more of a launch rather than kind of starting as a fledgling little thing. Yeah. I uh, had been with that church for about two years. And even throughout the whole process of being on staff there, uh, the idea was eventually that church was going to plant another and plant another and plant another. So kind of in the back of my mind, even when I agreed to come into Winnipeg, there was this thought that one day I'm probably going to be leading a new work somewhere. And so um, the upper room was sort of birthed out of that over probably a couple of years in the back of my mind. And then there was a couple of months of some pretty intense thought about what would it look like if God called us to go and plant and what, 
you know, based on our style of ministry, based on our gift mix, what what would that look like for us to plant something? Well, let's talk about those early years then as part of the church plant where uh, you've got this idea, you've kind of moved into a neighborhood, you've gathered a group of people together. What were some of the things that happened that, that made you feel like you're on the right track or that, that, that were encouraging to you guys to keep going? Well, we always loved when... Um we would always have a meal together. So it was Sunday evenings. So we'd do a meal. And sometimes we would just kind of go out onto the main street and just whoever we kind of came in t- contact with, we'd say, hey, there's a few of us up there. We're a church that meets and we're just having some supper. So if you're hungry, like join us, you're welcome. So heard some interesting stories, had some neat conversations with, you know, people that we would not normally have in a regular uh, church context, I guess. Yeah. Like the community we were gathered in is a pretty eclectic community. There's, um, lots of the really wealthy and great restaurants, high end restaurants. We actually met in a fairly high end restaurant. Uh, and yet right at the street corner, there's lots of squeegee kids and kids who are hitchhiking their way across Canada. Um, people who are panhandling and we would, those are the people we would swing by and say, Hey, if you haven't had anything to eat, come and join us. There's lasagna upstairs. And, and that's where we would hear some of these stories of people talking about the wonders of God's creation as they've hitchhiked across the country. So you have, you have these meals before the gathering, you're, you're bringing people in. Tell me a little bit more about what life was like, what, how you lived together as a, as a community. Hmm. Well, we, we started to shape our life together around an acrostic where we, uh, we encouraged people to, to live um, L I V E S is what mm-hmm. we, and so we encouraged people to listen to God was uh, to take at least one hour uh, ideally, uh, at least one hour a week, uh, if people got to the place where they're doing it once a day, uh, but to take and listen to God. So whatever that meant for them, whether they needed to have, you know, a devotional that they were reading, mm-hmm. whether they just spent some time in scripture, but to pause and reflect on what God might be saying to them. We encourage people to invest in others. And so we asked them to do that for two people. So one person who already knows Jesus that you're connected with, find a way to be a blessing, speak life, encourage them, and then invest in somebody who doesn't know Jesus yet. So whether that's a next door neighbor, you know, you mow their lawn or you shovel their driveway and uh, just take consciously every week, take time to invest in others. Um, V was reversed in truth. So we encourage people to be reading the gospels. We encourage people to be in scripture uh, and then also to have a book that they were reading or articles that would kind of challenge their thinking on something. So if they've always had a particular view of some sort of theological debate to read something that would challenge that or would cause them to think a little bit more deeply and also to read something that just brings life, causes you to new thing, uh, think new things. So reading three things and then E was for eat together. Uh, take time to grab a coffee with a friend, somebody who already, same thing with the invest we encouraged to do with two people. So one person who's already connected with Jesus, find a way to just do community with people. And then with a neighbor or with a friend who doesn't know Jesus, like go out of your way to grab lunch with somebody at work um, to be kind of breaking bread with people who didn't know Jesus. And the S just stood for sent. See yourself as sent into this world so that your entire worldview is based on the fact that you've been called to be kingdom people. And what does that look like for you in the context that you're in? We had 
people who were part of our group were from all different walks of life. We had uh, emergency room doctors, we had uh, independent business owners. And, you know, so what does it mean for my buddy who is working in an ER to be Jesus to this gangbanger who's just been stabbed? Uh, those are questions that we encouraged them to be asking on a regular basis. Like, how do you how do you be Jesus with skin on in this situation? So that's sort of what we formed our rhythm around. Uh, so we only got together once a week. It was Sunday nights. We would determine what the theme was for the evening as far as food. One person was responsible for the main dish and people would just kind of add to that. And then we would study scripture together. We would kind of do those live things with every gathering. So we would listen to God. We'd spend some time in worship. We would encourage one another. We'd spend some time in scripture. We'd eat together. And then we would send everybody out into the into the world. Most of the people who came bought into the idea of lives, the idea of community. Um, it wasn't really like specific to the neighborhood. I felt a specific calling to that neighborhood. It's a really underchurched, highly populated neighborhood in the city of Winnipeg. And so I felt called to that neighborhood. But even after 10 years of it or eight years of it, I felt like, I don't know if I'm the right fit for this place anymore. As, mm. as we grew, as we, you know, our lifestyle changed and all of a sudden, you know, the kids that were tiny when we started are now hitting teen years and and I don't want to be up at one o'clock in the morning hanging out at the art gallery. And I'm just, right. I'm, I'm old and I'm not cool anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> How did it change for you over, over that span of time in terms of your connection to the church and things like that? Brenda? Um, like my involvement or your involvement, but also just the feeling of what you guys were doing and the calling piece and all of it really. Um, well, I would say that, I mean, once my kids started getting a little bit older, uh, they're, you know, they're thinking about, well, it'd be cool to go to youth or, you know, meet with other kids their age. And we just didn't have any programming at church. And so, you know, we're kind of investigating different spots and um, they were able to go to a youth group that was at a different church. And so that was one thing that was a little bit different um, as we got to that spot in their age, like, you know, right around 12, 13. Um, but involvement wise, like, I don't know. I feel like I've always, I've always kind of been all in no matter what stage we were at, like whether it was, you know, babies changes a little bit there. Um, but I feel like I've, I've been able to be pretty all in, maybe it's changed a little bit, but all in all the time. And, and did, did you notice the sense of things changing in terms of the life of the community when you changed locations? Yeah, for sure. Like some people, when they came to the home, it was just, well, first of all, we had to kind of like clamor around and like quickly clean up and, right. you know, make space for all the people. And yeah. so that was different, like going mm -hmm. to a space um, rather than our house it was like, oh, you can just breeze right in here and, you know. Um, but the hospitality and making people feel welcome was a little bit more of a job Okay. in another space. In your home, it's just kind of natural, mm -hmm. um, feels very comfortable, right? Like hop on the couch, like grab a blankie, you know, you know, make yourself at home. So that was definitely different. And then uh, th this is not a church plant that that uh, 
is continuing on today. So let's let's talk a little bit about that. Um, how did what were the first signs that maybe this was something that needed to to come to an end, or 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 you need to move on, or tell me tell me a little bit about that process and what that was like. Yeah, I mean, th- probably throughout the entire journey, we had weeks where we would question. Are we do are we doing what God really asked us to do? Are so, we so the we in this conversation is the both of you, or yeah, are prob- there other people in the community? No, probably the two of us, okay. and and more me maybe even than Brenda. I know um, we did have one evening where the church that I had pastored that I had started in, um, the senior pastor left, and they were looking for a pastor, and so they had made comments on Facebook. Oh, you guys should come back and. It was right at a time, and this is usually when I would get pastoral offers to go to some other church. Is usually when we've just had a like a Sunday where six people showed up at church, mm. and uh, it was a particularly depressing. Like okay. you were anticipating, oh, there's going to be forty people there, and then like you know three or four families don't show up, and you're like, oh, there's six people at church, and like, why did I bust my butt this week to like mm. put together this teaching and. And uh, so we we had had a couple of those conversations where we were like, ah, like, do we keep like, are we supposed to just keep slogging? Are we supposed to keep making it work? Uh, we would ask questions like, should we be living in the neighborhood? Would that make a difference? And it was just so cost prohibitive for us, like for us to live. We're 10 minutes outside of the neighborhood we were ministering in. But to get into that neighborhood, we would more than triple in our mortgage, there was just, there was no way for us unless we were going to try and live with five of us in a one bedroom apartment. Uh, we could almost do rent on a one bedroom for the same price as our mortgage. So, you know, we kept praying, God, open the doors. If there's a house for us, if there's a spot for us, and, and we just never seemed to find something that kind of clicked that way. And so we would ask those questions like, okay, are we supposed to keep doing this? And and probably the the big thing for us is we we had a few changes happen where some families moved away. Um, we had a, a couple that was part of our church that was feeling called to go and plant another one. And we were really excited about what that was going to look like for them. And so we got excited to send them out. When we sent them out, you know, there was a few families that went to help them get it started. And it was in that moment that we were like, oh, we're not sustainable anymore. Like mm. we've helped launch this thing, but now we... Like we, we just don't have both legs to stand on anymore. And, and there was a real feeling of what's next. And the core group that was still with us, a number of them had been with us through the entire journey. And so they had had that, like, we're growing, we're growing, we're growing. We're kind of like, we got a full-time pastor and we're moving ahead. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now we're back down to where we were when we started. We, we don't have enough money to pay our pastor. What are we going to do? And uh, we have been partnered with the church that I'm currently pastoring at. Uh, they would be helping us out whenever we, you know, we needed a laptop for some reason. They would just underwrite it and sell us to go ahead and, and buy it. And and in exchange for that, Brenda and I would come here on Sunday mornings and help with their worship leading. And, and so we had built a relationship with the church that I'm at here and the senior pastor from this church left. And so the church here said, we would love for you to come and lead us and I, I really felt like I can't because I know the upper room will fold if I if I walk away it's just not going to survive and so we had some conversations about what it might look like for us to to partner together to keep the upper room going but also pastor here on a Sunday morning and so uh, we we kind of endeavored to try that for the first few months I did uh, decide to come here uh, some of that decision was based on finances and based on the stage of life that we were in and like I just I felt like we had done. It wasn't quite 10 years. It was probably about eight years of 
pretty tough slogging and, and, uh, and I didn't really feel like I had any ideas of like how we could move it to the next level. How are we going to bring this thing up again? And so it felt like we were going to be able to have our cake and eat it too. We were going to be able to keep the upper room going, but I was going to have the security of a more established church. Um, and we love the people here and they've been invested in what was going on at the upper room. So we felt like it was probably a pretty good fit. And we lasted about two, three months before we realized it was just, it was just too much to try and manage both of those things and pastor both Mm. of those things. Well, and we had people from the Sunday night coming here on Sunday morning because there was a kid's ministry and, and kind of getting plugged in here. Okay. We had a buddy move back from Canmore who was wanting to do a new work kind of in the Osborne village, Gordon mm-hmm. village area that we were in. Um, and so it was like, well, maybe this is, maybe he's supposed to be the guy doing what we were doing. And so right. maybe we should partner with him. So, so that's kind of the direction we went. The upper room officially folded about three months after I started here at Grace. We stopped, we were meeting in our house at that point. Uh, we stopped meeting in our house. I would say about almost half of the crew that was left has come over here to grace and is still connected in uh, regular life stuff with us and is part of the community here. And the other half have either gone to the new church plant um, that is happening on the other side of the city or have kind of ended up at other churches that are closer to their home where they were kind of traveling in with us. So what was that like for you, Brenda, that, that process? It was bittersweet because, you know, these people that you've walked with and they've kind of stuck with you and believed in you and you've walked with them, you've dedicated their kids and, Mm -hmm. you know, baptized and um, been part of their like kids' birthday parties and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. like all the major events, like you've celebrated with them. So it was hard to think about not seeing them regularly. Like it was hard to let go. Um, But, um, we felt peaceful about letting our names stand here. Mm-hmm. And um, and so walking forward, like it has been a good transition, but hard and awkward at times. Mm-hmm. Um, like even if a transition goes as well as possible, there's always some awkward in there, right? Right, right. So, um, so yeah, it was hard to, to let go of that and – hard to embrace something new, especially something that we never really pictured ourselves back in a traditional established church that wasn't really part of the long-term plan. So, um, I mean, we couldn't have orchestrated what has happened in the last year and a half. It would not have been on our radars. So, How do you guys feel about uh, the idea of God calling you to the upper room? How do you how do you make sense of that at, at this point in your lives together? What, what was that about, do you think? Yeah, I think that's, that's the question that's kind of been rolling in my mind over the last year is um, I could look at it as a failure. I could look mm-hmm. at it as something that uh, whether it was my lack of ability or vision or whatever, that I wasn't able to kind of get the right team or, you know, equip people well enough that it could carry on without me. It does. And this is maybe a natural thing that happens with church planters is often the church plant forms around the planter, the individual who's got the vision, who's got the dream and people, they want to buy in, they want to help, they want to, but they're not going to be the ones who are out there leading the charge and running, but they, they'll give you their time and they'll give you your funds. Mm -hmm. And 
And uh, so to transition from that to, uh, you know, somebody else running it would have been awesome if it could, because it wasn't my dream to like work for eight years and then just have it kind of fizzle out. Right. Like um, when we were dedicating those babies and we were doing those baptisms, we would talk about one day, you know, we'll be doing their wedding and we'll be like, we, the vision for us was to be in each other's lives until, you know, we were attending each other's funerals. Like it it wasn't just to be a chapter in our lives. Wasn't kind of the way we went into it. Um, But I think the experiences that I've had through all of that have caused me to, a, be far more engaged with the culture around me, where if I had stayed in a traditional church, I probably would be happy just running a Bible study on Wednesday night and doing Sunday morning services and making sure that the program's run. And, and now when I sit in this nice office with all of my books, I, I get frustrated if I haven't had time to like connect with somebody who's outside of the church. If I don't have this heartbeat for the neighborhood that's right across the street from us that I know doesn't know Jesus and doesn't have peace and is uh, is struggling to make ends meet. Um, if I had stayed within just kind of that churchy culture, I probably wouldn't have that same, that same heartbeat. Um, I think there was something about that journey that was great for the people that we walked with. I think their faith is deeper than it would have been had we not done church the way we did church for the time that we did it. I think it's been really good for our kids. Um, they did kind of tag along with us, but they, you know, they would they would serve communion to people. They would get to hear uh, somebody else other than just dad talking about faith. When we would share what does it mean to be Jesus with skin on, they would hear, you know, their friends' parents talking. They would hear other people, which that style of ministry doesn't always happen on a typical Sunday morning, and so. Yeah, I think it's given me a, a, a more well-rounded perspective on what even contemporary church, where we need to move this body. And and that was the mandate that was given to me when they asked me to let my name stand. They're like, the things that the upper room had, we want here. We, mm-hmm. want, we want that aspect of community. We want that aspect of reaching out to the, the people who are not like us. We want, we want a break out of the just... We come here for Sunday morning and we worship together. And this is a church that's always been about missions, um, but much emphasis is put on overseas missions and 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 reaching out. Um, and we we probably bring a little bit more of the like, what about the backyard? What about the mm. what about your next door neighbor who has got the barbecue going? What would it look like for you to invite them over for a barbecue at your place? And, hmm. So, Brenda, for you, how how do you make sense of of what what happened? Um, well, I think what it's done for me is just kind of brought me back to basics. You know, um, when we started out on this like marriage adventure and going into ministry, um, you know, you sort of have a a view of what you think it's going to be like, and I think that going through being part of lots of different types of ministries and churches it's just it basically all just comes down to like love god love other people so it doesn't really matter the context per se it's just wherever you are love god love others you're not it's not going to go wrong you know so yeah going back to basics is kind of what it's taught me like it doesn't really matter like style preference um it's just loving god and loving others so let me ask you both, would you would you do it again? 
Yeah, somebody asked me what the church planting experience was like for me. Uh, and I, I said it was one of the most rewarding, but also one of the worst things I've ever done. Interesting. Um, it's and worst is maybe not the best word, but just like it was the most challenging, um, stressful at times, uh, banging your head against the wall, wondering what's the answer, what's the key. Like you just you wish there was a, you know, either a manual to follow or a, like what's the if I just did this, this is how we would quote be successful. And um, but in the same breath, the uh, yeah, I would do it again in a heartbeat. The the relationships that were formed. Um, even still when I wander back into the village, running into some of the, the who's who in the neighborhood there, the panhandlers who are still regulars on the street corner, there's big hugs, there's, Hey man, how's it going? There's still being able to connect with people that I never would have, I never would have had those connections had I not stepped out and been willing to, to do something that on the surface seemed a little bit kind of out of the ordinary and, and I also, I've always approached ministry with the sense that I'm called the pastor, that I'm called, I have this gifting and this stuff that God's placed in me, but I don't have, I don't often feel like I have a really specific call to a location or to a church or to a, and Winnipeg feels like that's probably going to be where I'll probably die here. Um, But whether I'll still... Like in not, the future. Yeah, I'm not, not like I'm not. There's no clear time is right now. Yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah, yeah, okay. Exactly. Okay. Um, but the the idea of I, I've always seen God's calling is when the door is open, I pray, God, you am I supposed to go through this door? And if it doesn't slam in my face, I just try, I try and walk through it. And okay. that's kind of the way the upper room started. It's also kind of the way that it ended was it seemed good to us it seemed right to us that this is okay this is maybe the next step in our journey and and while i don't fully understand why it ended the way that it did um i I feel like we didn't uh and this is not always the case for every church plant i know but we didn't lose anybody um we we have relationships that aren't as close as they were before but none of those people have like fallen away from the faith they've found other places where like people are okay even though they were hurt. They wish that their community looked the same way that it does. Um, yeah, I think I'm I'm excited about where we are right now. I'm excited about the opportunities we have before us. Um, it's caused me to think differently and work through different challenges that uh, being in a in a church plant don't afford me. And so, uh, you know, working with staff that's not something I was used to. And so. Um, yeah, I would I would absolutely do it again though, even though it was kind of a chapter which wasn't what we thought it was going to be when we went in. How about for you, Brenda? Um <clears throat> yeah, I would do it again. Um I was just thinking when you were talking about um how things ended. Um to me it's I'm really glad that there is someone like Jamie, who's hmm. in the neighborhood. And it's kind of like, it doesn't have to be us as long as it's someone, you know? So we're happy to like pass the baton off and like, yeah, you do your thing and we'll cheer you on and give you whatever, you know, stuff we learned along the way. So I think I would have been really sad if there wasn't something going forward hmm. as well as um, super thrilled about the, you know, the other church plant that came out of it. So it's not like, you know, 
it's not like it's completely dead, dead. There's stuff that came out of it. And so I find that comforting. That's awesome. You guys listen, I think this is a good story and, uh, I'm really glad I got to hear some of it. I think sometimes people are a bit sheepish when, when things don't turn out the way you imagine. Um, but I want to celebrate with you that something did happen and you guys were on the forefront of that and all of those positive things uh, took place. So thanks for being willing to share uh, with us and thanks for being honest and, and, and giving us a, a peek under what it's really like to step out and try something that you didn't imagine. Hmm. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Jared, thanks so much for that interview, and thanks to Brenda and Scott for sharing their story. You know, we're going to end up sounding like a broken record here at New Leaf, but I want to say it again. These stories are so important. Um, So often in church planting and really in life, we love hearing the great success stories. We love hearing people that, you know, their church plant turned into an established church and they rode off into the sunset. But you know what? There's so much to be learned from those who've stepped out, tried something, planted something, and it it didn't end up how they imagined. We learned so much from those stories. Um, Such a wealth of knowledge for us. And so I'm very thankful that uh, Brenda and Scott were willing to share their story. Um, And I hope that more people uh, are willing to share their story because we learned so much. And uh, I think really God's glorified through all of that stuff. So it was a really great interview. And thank you so much for bringing it to us. If people want to connect with them, where can they find Brenda and Scott? They're at gracewinnipeg.ca. And I'm, I'm glad you say that, L, because this is really rubber meets the road kinds of stuff for the New Leaf Network. We have to recognize that God is interested in our faithfulness, not just in our success. We are not cogs in a machine. We are not products and producers. We are sons and daughters of, of God. And, and our identity and our worth are there, not in what we produce. And we also have to recognize that I believe that this work of church planting and starting new things is actually, uh, it is an, it is the process of holiness in our life. It is the way that God continues to speak to us. And what I loved about what the story they shared is that that's so evident, that God was with them, that God was a part of what they did, and they were forever changed by it. And that's a beautiful thing. So if you're tempted, if you're out there and you, you feel like you're tempted to start something new. You feel like God may be saying something to you. Have some courage and step out and try. Um, I guarantee you, you will never be the same. If you follow God, you step out in faith, you'll never be the same. So that's the point we want to make. This is the stuff we want to encourage. And we want to say, you know what? Trying is its own value and it is its own um uh, 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 glory and it's its, it's, its own in- incredible thing so we just want to celebrate all of the stories so that's why I love this story and I'm glad to have shared it with you so if you want to connect with Brenda and Scott check them out at gracewinnipeg.ca Scott's there um, it's a great church, a great community and these two are wonderful people so thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon bye 
Thanks for listening to the New Leaf Podcast. You can find us on the web at newleafnetwork.ca or head on over to our Facebook page, New Leaf Network. We have events, workshops, and conversations happening all the time. We would love if you could join us as we share the stories of planters and starters all across Canada.